I feel like even though we've had quote unquote AI for a number of years, whether you call it pattern recognition or what is it, AGI, where is that the, uh, the, the TLA? Artificial general intelligence. That's right. All right. I got that right. Um, so <laughs> I, I sometimes feel like I'm not even AGI. Is that, is, I'm, I'm still, You're GI. I guess I'm OGI. <laughs> yeah, OG, well, OGI. Organic. That's good. Well, whoa, that's good. Did you just OGI. coin that? OGI? That's I, perfect. I, I might have. You inserted the coin and it's not game over. So... <laughs> Welcome to GeekWire. I'm Todd Bishop. We are coming to you from Seattle, where we get to report each day on what's happening around us in business, technology, and innovation. What happens here matters everywhere. And every week on this show, we talk about some of the most interesting stories and trends in the news. This week, AI and the future of creativity. I'm talking with Chris Perillo, an entrepreneur and creator himself, known for Locker Gnome and Gnome Dex over the years, who is now the instigator of something new called creatortech.net. Let's just jump in right now to the conversation with Chris. Chris Perillo, it has been so long since we've talked live. In fact, I know exactly how long it's been. Do you? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> it has been 10 years, 10 years since we've done the GeekWire podcast together. Oh. In fact, do you remember yeah. where we did it? Yeah, it was somewhere in Seattle, uh, South Lake Union-ish yep. area, wasn't it? Yeah, Cairo Radio. It was in a radio studio. That's how wow. long ago it was. Cool. So, Wait, is radio still around? Yeah, last I checked. Do they still? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know if it went the way of newspapers. <laughs> so You think I'm joking. I'm serious. I, <laughs> I thought they'd moved on to the web by now. Oh, that's good. So, Chris, it's been so long since we've done this, that I don't know how to introduce you anymore. I know you as this guy from Iowa, right? <laughs> Who moved out uh, here to Seattle. You ran Gnomedex, a very popular technology conference for many years. We're gonna be talking on this week's show about creatortech.net, which is a great meetup that you have. It's coming up next on September 25th, and we'll talk about that, and I'd encourage people to check it out. It's all about AI and creativity, but how do you introduce yourself these days? You know, I was hoping you would be able to do this because I'm horrible at it. Like you could ask me what it is I do and I find it a tremendous challenge because unlike most traditional career paths that, you know, you start out, you're going to be an English teacher, or at least that's what I was I was supposed to be, according to my degree, never actually entered a, a classroom. Um, I stumbled into entrepreneurialism and uh, then for the next 25 years or so, I I just did what just felt like the right thing to do. And that's not altruistic. It's just I never had to really think too hard about what it is that I might have wanted to do. And so I've done a lot of things. And uh, it, it all boils down to uh, I, I'm I'm a geek, a nerd. I, I, I am both wired and wireless, so kind of a geek wire, but it's, I'm also nerd wireless. <laughs> you know, I kind of play both sides of the spectrum there, not to make another play on words with wireless, but I just did. <laughs> uh, I'm a dad, uh, hence the jokes. I, I have to constantly stay in practice. Uh, I'm a creator, yeah. and I've always been, as a creator, a, 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 an enthusiast for the user experience. And if there was a thread that ran throughout my entire 
this very long career, which by the way, I started Locker Gnome as an email newsletter back in the middle of Iowa, the Silicon Valley, <laughs> uh, as I used to call it. And uh, sent, I was sending out this email newsletter with tips and tricks about the internet. <laughs> this sounds so quaint, but you got to remember in 1996, most people might not have even been on AOL, let alone understand what the, the greater internet was. But I started that back in the mid-90s and within a few years had been distributing my findings, my discoveries to hundreds of thousands of people, which back then was just tremendous. Even today is tremendous, but you know nothing compared to like millions of followers. But you had to roll your own back in the day. It was just different. So, you know, I started there and uh, ended up doing a radio show. I propositioned one of the local AM stations and I said, hey, you've got the syndicated program, but what if what if I answered calls live? And believe it or not, they did it. They said, okay. I'm like, <laughs> really? I'm like, I hate my voice. I absolutely hate it. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I was doing that and then I got plucked out of the cornfield and uh, went to uh, uh, San Francisco, uh, was moved out there to host a live cable television show on a network that many people still remember, but most people on the internet have no idea even exists. Uh, like we, we've, we've reached the, the day and age of the internet where people use memes of things that we knew back in the day, not realizing <laughs> the origin of the memes. Wait, wait, that's this? Like, oh man. Wow. So yeah, I, I've, I've done radio, television, internet, live, pre-recorded. I love uh, connecting with people. I love discovering new things, sharing my passions and interests with everybody. And that's how my career kind of evolved. So it's less traditional in that sense, which makes it very difficult to answer the question. But it also keeps things somewhat interesting, but presents you know challenges uh, unto its own. When I think about what you did with Locker Gnome and what you've done with all of your events over the years, creatortech.net seems almost like a natural extension. You're on Substack, you're hosting an event, you're sending out tips about the latest AI tools that you're using. Tell me about what you're doing with this new community organization venture that you're running. Yeah, and I think in, in true entrepreneurial spirit, um, I'm a bootstrapper. Uh, I, I've never taken funding for anything. Not that I would deny it. It's just, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll take, yeah, that's funding, great. I mean, my version of funding is a sponsor. I can figure that out. Uh, so everything kind of comes grassroots to me, everything from marketing to positioning to uh, just thinking through the proposition of what it is that I might want to get out of something that I'm doing. And as I was bitten by the bug, like I feel many of us were late last year when ChatGPT hit the scene, my background being writing and a creative writer um, at that, I was... I was blown away. And I don't see a lot of tools that cause me to change or recalibrate how it is that I think about what I might do on a regular basis. So I knew that was transformative and I got excited about it. I, you know, and when I get excited, I, I become an evangelist. You know, I was an evangelist for email newsletters. I was an evangelist for blogs, uh, uh, for, you know, the platform or what you could do with it. An evangelist you might remember with RSS, which is still relevant today if, you know, you're, in the Fediverse, certainly, and I am. And vlogs. The last time we talked, you were, yep. it was doing very much this same thing for vlogs. Yeah. Uh, and, and I still, I get excited when 
some new technology comes along, whatever that is, that just ch changes things. But and I don't mean that in a, in a grander sense, but the, these these paradigm shifts. And I, I feel like even though we've had quote unquote AI for a number of years, this happened, and I and I, I recognized immediately that if people didn't know about it, then they would know about it inevitably. It was just too powerful a tool, too too transformative, and so as as a user, so to speak, and, and I, when I use that term, I use it in a very, um, uh, uh, not to abstract the humanity from the user experience, because I'm very much uh, um, uh, rooted in that. In fact, one of my favorite movies of all time is Tron. I feel it still stands the test of time. I love it. Um, Tron 2.0, I, I like the soundtrack a little more than the movie itself. Very much looking forward to the next one. Um, but uh, I fight for the user. And I've felt like, like I said, that's been the thread for me. And when I see technologies and software, software gets me way more excited than hardware. Because you can sit here and say, well, the new iPhone has the new A17 Bionic. Well, it's not Bionic <laughs> anymore. It's Pro. So it's not A16. It's A17. And like, aha. Uh-huh. And? <laughs> what does it do wh for what me? What does that mean? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Where's the, don't sell me on the spec. Sell me on, you know, the experience. And trust me, we could have an, an, a day-long podcast of me breaking down why I don't think iOS is best in class. Um, I'm sure Apple isn't happy to hear that, but you know who am I? So, but you're seeing software this. Is, you're seeing this in AI. You're seeing this potential yeah, for the yeah. user. It's 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 the uh, thank you. Um, it, it's it's the user experience that I could wrap my head around and look at it from the perspective of I could show this to someone who maybe not or is not as excitable uh, over squirrel. No, uh, <laughs> who's not as excitable when new software comes along that is is very, very powerful. And there's been, you know, so many of the, those those types of tools that are that are powerful, but inaccessible because they're mired in esoteric uh, processes and interfaces. And just it, it's that's maddening to me as much as I can understand it. I look to understand it at a basic level because it's easier for me to grok and to ad adopt. And I'm saying this as, as a 3D printing enthusiast. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, so when when that happened, I got excited. And then mid-journey hit my radar. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, oh, wow, wow. Then I'd been using tools that would be considered, quote unquote, AI going back years, long before it became a buzzword in the current day and age. And I used AI types of tools to generate music for the vlogs because I didn't want to download a music file and then get knocked on YouTube for a copyright violation. So I found a, a tool that was ultimately acquired by, I think, TikTok. You could go and you could you could define how long you wanted the music to be, what style music, the beats permitted, et cetera. Press a button. I had an MP3 that was royalty free. I'm like, this is genius. I love it. That was years ago. That was so long ago. So to see those tools coming to the forefront now and being easier and, and, and prevalent and coming out at breakneck speed, like is just it's it's fascinating to me as a creator. It's fascinating to me who, you know, I, I find myself wrapped up by, by what people do with these tools creatively. And it's fascinating to me as an entrepreneur. So when I look to connect with other people, and sometimes it's not as easy. Granted, we kind of take for granted connecting with people these days. Facebook and LinkedIn and, you know, 
any other social network where you might be able to, to connect with other people, we'll do it online. And I think there is still a value of getting out, which I don't do all that often, but uh, getting out and meeting people in real life because you're, you're creating an experience that's very much in that moment. And those conversations you have are probably the best uh, aspects of any kind of event. And so I, 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 I thought, well, I'd like to connect with other creators. Maybe they've got an entrepreneurial spirit potentially you know, crossing over into people who are developing these platforms who might live in the Seattle area or maybe beyond and they're traveling through. I don't know. But I'd seen a few of these types of events happening in Silicon Valley. And, you know, of course, it's on fire. And I don't mean literally, but <laughs> well, at least that I know of <laughs> right now, at least. Uh, knock on wood. Oh, God. Check the news uh, headlines. Uh, but, you know, I thought, well, there there have got to be, you know, at least pockets of those types of individuals up here. And I I know there have been AI-centric events, and they've either been business-oriented or development-oriented, like hackathons, or where you can get together with other software developers. But I'm like, where's the creator? Like, this to me, this is what was baffling about the whole, quote-unquote, creator economy. And I, I saw that not as a fat flash in the, the pan, but at the same time, I was like, I was... I was doing that before I had a label and like now it's a label like but the tools that came along weren't I mean they may have been better and they may have been addressing problems but not such that I felt like that was the economy that that if you would call it an economy to latch onto but the creator will always be around and technology will always be around so even if AI is a buzzword or all these tools being released at breakneck speed don't happen indefinitely and they probably won't Creators are still going to be there and bleeding edge tech, like emerging tech is always going to be there. And so I wanted to start having conversations specifically at that crossroads. And today that crossroads is talking about mid journey and, and, and chat GPT and all the, the, the array of tools that I'm just, I'm finding and sharing as I'm finding them. That's the type of event that I'm beginning to produce on a monthly basis at this point. And I can do that. I can afford to do it because I'm doing it at, uh, Microsoft's uh, reactor, the Redmond reactor. So it's free admission, free parking, free beverages. I don't know which is the best free, but like, <laughs> I love the good. free beverages. I know. I'm like, drink as much, you know, coconut water as you want. Uh, in fact, we can make that a contest. Uh, we won't, but I don't think, I don't know if Microsoft will let us back in. Love, no, no more of this guy because he drank us out of the coconut water or the talking rain or whatever, whatever they have in the refrigerator. But, um, I've, I've done now, I've hosted a, a, a couple of them. And what's been most interesting about what's happened is people have come. And I love, as the entrepreneur, right, as the creator, my validation is people used it. People came, you know. And, and the best part is that each time that we've done it there, we've shut it down. As you know, you close the bar yep. at two in the morning. Well, we didn't, they, they, not two, we didn't go to two in the morning. They, they kick us out at eight. Uh, but we've made it, you know, to the end and people are still talking. People are still engaged, not just one group, several different, you know, groups going on about this, that or the other thing. And to me, you know, you, you mentioned Gnomedex, which, yeah, I produced that for, for 10 years. It ran 10 years and then TEDx kind of took over that that model. So I knew I, I had to shift away from it. The biggest value I feel people got out of that event wasn't necessarily the people on stage. It wasn't necessarily the focal point of a speaker. It was the hallway conversations. It was all the conversations that you didn't plan for. It was all the unscheduled things. So I, I very much relish the the organic nature of that type of event. 
so yeah, I I uh, I'm happy to have now connected with people I otherwise would have connected with, who didn't know who I was, who I didn't know who they were, and we we have the shared interest in what's happening today, where we've got at the crossroads of being creative, creators, the creative spirit, and where that crosses over with technology. And right now, it's someone wanting to use that technology to you know build their own product, or maybe it's you know they're trying to wrap their head around how their career is going to be. Uh, 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 I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a simple word, uh, ma not managed, mitigated. No, uh, it's an M word. I swear, are we playing like twenty five thousand dollar pyramid right now? I was going to think know. disrupted, but that's probably disrupted. Too far. Thank you. Yeah, is that too far? I know it's not. It is not. In fact, one person that I met this last at this last CreatorTech.net mixer or meetup, whatever you want to call it, um, I'm not. Again, I'm just like I'm not into specifics. I just want to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, one of the people, she approached me and she knew me because she'd seen the video I've done online, which I've done a lot. <laughs> I continue to do a lot. I'm sorry about that, everybody. Uh, but, uh, you know, I love doing video. I love talking about, you know, things that I find interesting. So she'd been following me for years and she's her background's in marketing and she was detailing how marketing is in the process of being disrupted and she's seeing trends even in the Valley down south, uh, I don't. Well, not on fire. We, do, we, yeah, not Sun Valley, but you know the way down south, yeah, the not on fire valley. Uh, <laughs> the trends that are like deeper than had previously been seen, especially in like let's say a downturned economy. I don't know what kind of economy we have right now, but it was a fascinating conversation to the point where I'm like, I want more people to hear this. Yeah. So this next event, we're going to begin by having a conversation about marketing in this era and what's happening with these tools for marketing and marketers, which very much I feel is connected to creativity because market marketing has to be creative to cap capture attention. You have to be able to uh, put your product or service out there in such a way that it it's going to stick. And part of that is messaging and building that messaging and sticking to that messaging, which I'm, I'm, I'm horrible at, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but not true. You know, I I I do, I, do, I definitely don't see myself as as a traditional uh, marketer. I've always been more guerrilla style than than anything, but uh, that was just out of out of necessity. But to hear this from a seasoned marketer, I thought was uh, uh, a great conversation to have in that greater picture of how does that play within where we are today with the industry, with you know our our respective careers, uh, our creative interests, and, and technology, and that's. You know, I don't know how else to put a finer point on that apart from pulling people out of their their cars and in their <laughs> office buildings, which they're being forced back into. Don't get me started about how remote is going away because, man, I got something to say about that. That's another day long podcast, Todd. We're talking this week with Chris Perillo. He is the instigator. I want to give you that title. The <laughs> instigator. <laughs> How's that? Of create. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> of creatortech.net, you can, if you're in the Seattle region and able to make it over to Microsoft's campus in Redmond, check out the next event on September 25th. It's in the evening at 6 p.m. And until 8 p.m., until they kick you out and you stop drinking the coconut water, you can <laughs> check it out at creatortech.net. Hey, Chris, I want to talk more about some of the tools you're using how all of this is impacting your life as a creator and a person. Let's do that right after this break. You're listening to GeekWire, and we will be right back. 
Technology moves fast. I need to move faster. WGU's competency-based education puts me in control of how fast I move through my IT degree program. I can accelerate my program by applying what I already know to my courses and focusing on the things I need to learn. Earn a respected accredited degree that propels your career in the IT field. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash IT certs included. Welcome back. It's Todd Bishop. We're talking this week with Chris Perillo. I barely gave him enough time to get a sip of his coffee there. But Chris, the last year to the point that you're making has just been remarkable. And thinking about what you've done over the years and the way that you've embraced technology, I can only imagine the ways that you're using some of these tools to change and improve and streamline and perhaps complicate in some cases, if not properly implemented, what you're doing. If you were to name the top two or three things that aren't mid-journey or chat GPT or the things that people might already know about, like what would be your top tools that are just for you personally, your go-tos right now? I'm getting better at journaling hmm. and, and getting my thoughts down and expanding upon those notes. And there, you know, there are a variety of, of tools that might be there at, at my disposal, including uh, Google's got a new um, a new one that you can you can sign up for. I think it's an early beta access that'll inevitably roll out. I think that's Notebook. You have to pardon the, the name. It's, it's not in front of me right now. But I'm getting better at getting my thoughts down and then having these tools expand upon them. I'm using these types of tools. I'll frame it this way, right? Without calling out a specific tool, I'm getting better at minimizing the time it takes to... There's a word, uh, the co I'm reducing my cognitive load. That's yep. the, the phrase or the term. And that's where it fits. So for example, when I'm in, in the process of, of getting a YouTube video ready to go, I need to, I need tags. And I'm like, I don't want to like, I'm like, I don't know, tag, uh, right. this, this, this. I just ask a tool and it knows my history well enough and it has context for what I've given it before. And then it fleshes it out, right? Or, you know, very brief notes that I need to expand upon let's say, for uh, writing a description for something that I'm posting to, uh, I, I mentioned I'm, I'm a 3D printing enthusiast. I'm not a maker necessarily, but I'm, I'm using a desktop software, which is not driven by AI that I know of, but it's something called HueForge that takes an image and makes it uh, or prepares it to be 3D printed in various layers. So you can print multiple colors. And so you can make a flat image look more three-dimensional playing with different filament colors. And so I've been using uh, using that. And so sometimes I'll need to write up descriptions. And so that is not something that I'm I'm needing to do because no one reads descriptions anyway. So like, I'm not going to throw myself overboard. I'm just going to have, you know, a tool just flesh that out and then, and then take it, uh, you know, and, and take that ball and run with it. Chris, I think what you're talking about with the Google one is Notebook LM. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, that's oh, boy. it. Boy, you are speaking my language here. Okay. They announced this at Google I.O. I was there. I immediately signed up for the wait list and I have yet to get in. I've even tried to Shut up. appeal to their PR people. Are you in? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. You know what? I might. It might be my own failing. Perhaps I have not uh, signed in with the right account or something. I'll look into it. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's because sometimes Google's weird with personal yeah. accounts, like the regular Gmail accounts and then their workspace accounts. Okay. That's I might have signed that, up with my workspace account. Would that be the yeah. problem? Okay. It, I'm well, 
I'm not. Hey, I'm not. <laughs> hey, I'm getting I'm not, I don't live know. tech support here right now. This is exactly <laughs> no, what needs to, to be happening. Oh my god. <laughs> so, oh my god. At Some any rate, people. So I will go back and see if I can get get in. But yeah, I love this that. thing because it's it's AI with your own documents. This idea that you bring your own notes, your own research. It's kind of pitched initially as designed for students, where they could bring their classwork and their own different assignments and and uh, literature that they might have for a class. You can tell how long it's been since I've been in school. <laughs> I can't even come up with the right <laughs> vocabulary. <laughs> vocabulary, that's what it is. They, they, there you <laughs> go, yeah. So, But I love this for my job in particular as a potential because I could add my notes, my audio, um, different background stories, and then say, here's my outline, please expand upon this. This is, to me, like, these powerful tools, I'm worried because there's so many good ones and so many are going to disappear. Like there, um, there's one that I found a couple of them actually that I found life, life coach types of, of tools, ah. which I'm sure makes the life coaches really nervous because by and large, these platforms do what the coaches do, right? Keep you on track, keep you balanced. Not to say that, that any of these tools can necessarily replace a human being, but that's again, where we have to think, where is the where is the human lost in this process? Because we've got these tools that are eliminating humans from the process. And, and there have been outlier stories where in, in entire departments have been laid off or individuals have been laid off because a manager, you know, is, is, is taking a shortcut. I think we're going to hear more of that, you know, in, in the coming months, if not years, because that's the rate at which technology is advancing. And it's not going to it's not going to change. We're not going to go back to, you know, designing websites in notepad.exe. Like it's, we're moving forward and these tools are very, very transformative. And yeah, I look at them in such a way that I, I have to think, what am I, what can I do that it can't, it being the general, right. the MCP, right? The master control program. What, what can, what can it do? I'm a, I'm a, I fight for the user, but what can I do that, that can't get, you know, overwritten? And I've started to say, especially as people have been playing around with these nightmare fuel, like video renderings of AI, you know, we, well, we prompted it with this and this is what it made. It's, I believe that's certainly a process that's going to improve. Don't get me wrong. But even when it does, I feel there's going to become an even deeper value to, I'll say, organic. Like there's there's a tremendous value to something that can't easily be replicated and can't easily scale. It's the reason why, if you gave me a choice between buying um, a print from Justin Hillgrove or buying an original work from Justin Hillgrove, one of my favorite local artists, like easily not to dis diminish the other ones, but I have many of Justin's original works in the house. Scared him. He came over to visit. He's like, it's kind of like visiting my a museum of me. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I'd rather have his original work because that's one of a kind. And there, there's a thousand and one prints, which, you know, sustain him as an artist. But for me, I feel a deeper connection with that original work. And so I feel the same thing is going to happen as, as there's been an explosion of, 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 I'm going to be careful about this. You want to say fake. So, no. I, but you don't want to say so fake. So there's an, there's another term that has come about and it's, 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 it's an unfortunate term, influencer, right? Right, right, right. And right. I mean, ultimately, you know, if, if someone approaches me and, and they're, they want to sponsor or pay for something, you can call me whatever you want. You can call me an influencer, I don't care. 
But here's my problem with that term. Influence is a byproduct of creation. It, it's what that person is creating and whether that's a legitimate connection with their community or them as an ombudsman to their community or to their audience, which is you know, not quite community. It's that that greater the greater world of the people that aren't necessarily connected. Influencers have kind of taken over, right? The 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 you know Instagram and TikTok and uh, uh, you know YouTube, Twitch. It's it's about the influence, and because of that, we've got a, an amazing array of content to pay attention to. Like, I mean, you can't even you can't even begin to get through it all, and that's that's challenging because there's so many good things that are being done and shared. But when we leap from where we are today, which is already this saturation oversaturation of quote unquote content and influencers in our feed to AI generated content and influence like how are we going to get out on the other side like where when's it going to get not worse before it gets better is it going to get better at which point the rubber band snaps back and I come back to that value of being organic being authentic being human very interesting okay by the way not to go back to this but as long as we're bouncing around the reason I was confused is it was originally called Project Tailwind, the Google Notebook. Now it's called Notebook LM. And for some reason, I lost track of it. I, it's on my list now. It's like I can't wait to get a few spare minutes tonight to go back in and try it. You know, if, if I accomplish nothing today, then that is my badge of honor. I have influenced you. You well, have been influenced. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more from Chris Perillo. This GeekWire podcast is sponsored in part by Yale University Press. Are you concerned about the rise of AI and how it will impact our society? Every day, artificial intelligence presents us with urgent ethical challenges. How do we harness this extraordinary technology to empower rather than oppress? Nigel Shadbolt and Roger Hampson have written a how-to for building ethical machine intelligence. Their new book, As If Human, Ethics and Artificial Intelligence, is now available wherever books are sold. Welcome back. It's Todd Bishop from GeekWire. I'm talking this week with Chris Perillo. You can check out his latest venture at creatortech.net. He's got a meetup coming up on September 25th that you can also attend if you're in the Seattle region. In my experience so far, at least, and by no means am I an expert in this, Chris, but what I've experienced is a shift in the places where I can be creative and the way that I'm now able to think about using tools. And, you know, I, I do some volunteer work in the journalism realm. And one of the things that I did was I took a schedule from the Glen County Fair and I put it into Excel and a story that would have taken two hours for a newspaper reporter to write that a newspaper reporter should not be spending time on was churned out in about 30 seconds by ChatGPT just by looking at the fair schedule and writing it up in narrative form. That kind of thing to me is very powerful. And it turns that thing that would otherwise be drudgery into something that's Cognitive load. fun and creative because I'm thinking about how to do it in a creative way, not actually spending those cycles on doing it. I can leave that to the computer. And to me, that is the real magic. I know there's, I don't mean to be Pollyannish. I know there's lots of potential threats out there with AI. People's jobs are going to get changed. I, I get it. But to me, there's also lots of potential that gets overlooked a lot. And I know you're on the yeah. same page. 
Yeah, I'm 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 gen gen generally bullish on it because technology is going to just keep advancing and, and you, you you can't easily stay ahead of it. And when you talk about you're not an expert, I'm only an expert in being myself. And sometimes some days I'm not even good at that. The value of having those technologies there if contextualized the way that's right for you, I, I feel can be powerful. What's nerve-wracking is too many unknowns and you know, being tied to, I guess, circumstances that are beyond our control. That's what I feel is is scary. These the you know, I thought after the pandemic, remote was here to stay. And I'm like, I'm all for it. I've been remote since the days of 56K dial-up, ISDN lines long before we had collaborative software. So to see these just like 180 degree turns is just, I don't know, dude, something, something's hinky. Like something that doesn't pass the smell test because that ain't right. You know, we've, we've never been capable of being more productive with our time on our time. And that is, I'll tell you, I got to say, this is where I start getting angry. <laughs> you don't want to see me when I'm angry. I'm going to, thank God this is just audio because my shirt is just going to, I'm going to turn green. Shirt's going to rip. <laughs> it's just going to be horrible. Um, I'm going to turn from this pale white to a pale green. You just, it's not, it's, I'll get color in my skin. It's just the wrong, um, you know, I, 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 I feel like we've never had a better chance to be in better control of our lives. But we also have to balance our our, our career choices because we got to pay the bills. But we were we were at a point our our collective consciousness was at a point at our lowest point, you know, with the pandemic and trying to figure things out. We figured it out. Like we we cracked that nut. Like we were on the way. And like my God, people are getting more. They can live where they want to live. Right. They can spend as much time as they want to spend on doing this, that, or the other thing. And it is just. Um, it, it, it was ripped from us. It was taken from us. For what? I ask, and this is like a conspiracy tinfoil hat. For what? Well, wait a second, Chris. I was just hearing you say earlier that you appreciate the serendipity of in-person interaction at your events. At events? But people are in control of being able to come and go as they please. It's not tied to whether or not they're going to pay the bill. That's a leisure activity. That It's not necessarily a career activity. I mean, it might be a career builder, certainly, but it's it's not something where you have to be in this specific chair at this specific time to meet with these specific people that you're going to be meeting with over a teleconference anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> Unlike Andy Jassy, you are not going to prospective attendees of your events and saying, you must be there on September 25th from 6 to 8 p.m., creatortech.net. How's that for a good plug? Right. That's an organic yeah, plug right there. That was... That was oh, thank you. Thank yes. you. So Great. you are not forcing them to be there. They're there by their own free will because they see value in it. And I think well, yeah. th your problem is when people say, you must, you must be here in the office. Yeah. I, well, I, I think it's it's... Because it's tied to their livelihood, because they can't easily right. make a decision, especially in this day and age. And, and I'm, I'm, even though I'm an entrepreneur and I'm trying different things with my YouTube channel, I just basically hired a YouTube strategist in conjunction with a team to optimize channels. And because I'm not a video producer, so I needed to hire somebody to do that. And actually, that video is going to be done tonight. And the first cut, I think, is going to blow people away because they've never seen me edited like that. Ooh. They've seen me and heard me animated, but they've never seen that match with an, you know, an editorial Whoa. style that. So I'm, I'm basically, instead of wasting my time looking for jobs that inevitably AI goes through and says, no, he's not a match. Because trust me, I'm facing AI. Right. I know I am. 
in applying for these positions that are questionable to begin with. And then I'm getting denied if I even hear back from them in a horrible job market. Right. So in this day, you can't say no. What are you going to say? No, I'm going to walk them and get another job. Where are you going to get a job? Good luck. No, you're going to do what, you, what we say you're going to do. And I, it just it's not it's it. It doesn't have to be. It just doesn't have to be. And you can pull study after study after study. If you gave someone a choice to live a life that they were happier with, you know, or not happier with, which decision are they in happiness is relative. I personally would rather not spend an hour, you know, doing something that I didn't have to do to do the thing that I could do without having to waste that hour. Right. Whatever that, you know, and everyone, everyone's got a different way of doing it. That's the thing. Everyone has a different way of doing it. Why can't we accommodate that? Why does it have to be? Why, why can't we think about the people who are doing the, that work rather than the people who are who who can afford to pay for people to do the things that other people can't afford to pay for? They can afford to pay for a nanny. They can afford to pay for babysitting. They can afford to pay for childcare. They can afford to pay for all these things. They have they have that luxury. Some people don't, and so they're even though the tech is there, even though AI has made it, it's a bit generalized, but even though these new tools have made it so possible to be never before could we have been more uh, 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 proactive and uh, productive with our time that the, these tools are just there. They're here. These tools exist, but it's like unobtainium. Like, what's the point of using them if we got to go back to the office? Why are we going back to the office? To be productive in another chair, is that going to make us more productive? Or is it all about someone else's real estate holdings that I have no interest in? And mind you, again, I don't have a... I have no job prospect or, you know, I'm not calling out any particular company. It's just a perspective that I have as someone who's been, a, you know, a very skilled remote worker for decades. My colleague, John Cook, and I joke that we've rendered ourselves unemployable. If we ever decide to, to stop doing this or if we're forced to stop doing this someday, and, and I know you're running into it, you've got a similar challenge. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, it's it's very hard to be an entrepreneur because it doesn't, being an entrepreneur does not play well on a resume because it looks like you've been doing two and a half decades of nothing when you've been doing two and a half decades of everything. And survival, unfortunately, is not a KPI. You know, even, you know, exceeding your own goals doesn't, it doesn't add up to, uh, you know, more traditional constructs. So, yeah, I'm, I'm finding that I'm at the point where I'd rather spend the money that I have on myself, invest in myself, until an opportunity pops up, but I, that's what I've I've done. If you need kind of to go back, you know, full circle to like, you know, what's your, who are you? What have you done? I've always just looked for opportunity and 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 use use those opportunities to try different things with my life. Uh, and and CreatorTech.net is very much in that vein: trying something different, doing something that I feel has an impact, and and allows me to say, I did that rather than being the person that sits around saying, you know what someone should do is that I'm not a developer. I'm not, you know, someone who understands everything about, you know, uh, technology. I just know what it can do and what it's enabled for me and other people. Chris, I know we're running out of time here, but I just want to say at risk of turning your tech help session for me into <laughs> my, I don't know, better help session for you. You've got a ton of people out there, me included, who value what you do and have valued it for years and years and years. And I hope you can look to that as you're looking for your next thing and building on what you've done over the years and 
really have faith and trust in yourself that people out there are going to help lead you to whatever's next. Yeah, you know, and I I appreciate that that guidance. I uh, you don't um, need it. <laughs> I, well, you'd be surprised. You'd you'd be surprised because there there are times where sometimes even when you're you're feeling like you're doing the right thing, it's it's a risk. Life's life's risk, and you know I've done everything I can do to mitigate that risk. And I'm at that point, at least with the job market, where I'm like I can't keep risking a job that, you know, looking for a job that doesn't exist with hiring managers who have, you know, no idea what it is that I could do for them or that I'm a fit or, you know, finding a position that may not, you know, exist. So, like I said, the entrepreneur in me is just investing in in the lowest risk and that's me. I'm losing savings, right? But it, it's hopefully a, a short-term loss with a long-term gain. But that's the risk I took back in the mid-90s that started this entire journey. I'm looking forward to seeing the video that you're talking about. I cannot imagine what it's like to see Perillo edited. Uh, I will link to it from the show notes. I will link to the creatortech.net meetup that's coming up on September 25th in Redmond, Washington. I will also link, by the way, to something that I found very valuable this week, which we did not have time to talk about, which was your thoughts on the iPhone 15 as someone who doesn't use an iPhone as your daily device, but values the iPhone. In fact, I'm looking at you, I believe, through an iPhone right now. You are. And so we'll link to that. And um, I just really encourage people to sign up for your creatortech.net substack list as well, because many of the tools that you link to are the kinds of things that people would find great value in. And so, Chris, I, just, I appreciate you, and I really appreciate you being on the show. Todd, as always, I appreciate the time uh, and, and the... Uh, um the perspective. Talk to you soon. Indeed. Hopefully sooner than 10 years. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Kurt Milton edits and produces the show. Daniel L.K. Caldwell composed and performed our theme music. Until next week, I'm Todd Bishop. Thanks for listening to GeekWire.